Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Pretend Worlds Real People. This is episode two, and it's all about me. It's all about Stephanie. Not Tyler, who's that guy that just said things. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Today I have my uh, interview voice. <laughs> I'm just cause... wondering if, you know, eventually we'll get into a, a routine of, hey, this is how we start our podcast, or if we're going to be a hot mess for the I, rest of our lives. I think we're going to be a hot, sticky mess for a little That's bit. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sticky? Why, does, why do we have to be sticky? I don't know. Uh. made it gross. <laughs> so today, uh, well, I guess last week you heard from my mouth. This yep. week you'll hear it from Stephanie's mouth. The bigger one of the two. Yes. And the louder one of the yeah. two. <laughs> the, very, the very broad voice of there Miss Stephanie. There have been many a people, uh, some people who we will be interviewing later on in this podcast that can confirm and have many a time complained about my big loud mouth. Oh yeah. She's the kind of person you don't have to worry about losing in a store. No, not at all. You will be completely fine. Yes. Uh, so today we are going to get to know a little bit more about her, uh, about what she does as a stage manager, and just in general, what she plans on doing once this COVID bullshit oh. goes, uh... Marrying somebody rich. And pisses having off. Having kids and, Ugh, I don't know, all God. of that. <laughs> Sorry, that's your dream. It's my nightmare. Yes, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's not a kid guy. <laughs> nope, no kids. Fur, furry kids. So, um, let's just... Hop in. into it. So, I like it. Um, first of all, first of all, tell me and tell us who you are and sure. just what you do as a career in the arts. Excellent. Uh, okay, so uh, my name is Stephanie Holmes. Uh, my actual career name, um, the name that is on my union card, is Stephanie M. Holmes. Um, I don't know why. I think I just needed that distinction in case there was any other Stephanie Holmes out there. Um, and I am a stage manager and now I will try to explain to you, like I try to explain to any of my family members who don't understand what I do for a living, what I do for a living. Please do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, my job is, um, t it's literally what it sounds like, um, but so much more as well. So I, uh, I work with, uh, Actors, directors, designers, producers um, on a production, and it's a production by production basis. So I, I consider myself to be freelance, where um, a theater hires me to be a stage manager for at least one show of their season. Most, if you're not doing commercial theater, which would be like Broadway, um, you are working in regional theater or um, even community theater, um, but most theaters as a business or, you know, a place have what are called seasons, um, which is, you know, anywhere between four and seven shows a year. And depending on how many uh, stage spaces they have, it can vary and whatnot. And so um, as, a, as a freelance stage manager, I am hired by um, a theater to stage manage at least one of their productions for, for their season. Um, and what that means is that about a week before rehearsals start, um, I uh, come on board and I do a lot of preparation work. I um, 
do a lot of paperwork where it's it's reading the script, uh, printing out scripts, creating um, uh, first day uh, check-in paperwork things. Um, I start organizing all of the stuff that will involve costumes, props, whatever. I send lots of emails to people to tell them when we're meeting, what we're doing, what the plan is. Um, you know, uh, I definitely manage the schedule for rehearsals and performances. So, um, a theater will, will tell you what their general rehearsal uh, schedule is and and again I'll get into this a little bit uh, later or maybe we'll have a guest do this at some point um, it depends on the size of the theater and what contract the performance is is on or the production is on determines how many work week hours you get to do and um, so that de determines like when rehearsals are and stuff like that so but basically I do all the scheduling and then when rehearsals begin I am the person that kind of runs the rehearsal room. I work with the director to make sure we have the correct actors in the room at the, at the right time so that we can rehearse specific scenes. Um, if it's a really large show, um, I will have an assistant stage manager or maybe even two. Um, and the team of us will work on making sure we have all the props we need, um, rehearsal costumes, anything um, that needs to get used in the rehearsal space because rehearsals will tend to last, you know, uh, three to four weeks before we tech a show, which means adding all of the design elements and then before we open. So there's a lot of process going into opening night for a production. Um, and my job is really to make sure that it's all working together and meshing well together. Um, and then once we do get into tech and performances, my job, um, kind of steps away from the cast a little bit because um, I then have to learn how the show is supposed to be produced uh, in the same way every night for a performance. So I learn um, when lights change at what point in a, in a scene, or when sound cues have to go, uh, when um, you know any kind of animated or automated things happen um, I'm in charge of making sure that those sequences happen the same way every night and so tech is really learning about making those design elements come to fruition on stage and and me learning when to make whatever we call the calls at the same time um, and so you know when I work on a musical I'm often calling um, you know, uh, 20 sound cues and, or sorry, 20 light cues and, and five sound cues in the span of, you know, a five minute song. And that's an easy call, you know, it, it really varies. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, it really, I'm truly, really managing. I can manage anywhere from, I would say even on like a four person show, a minimum of 10 people. And then on a musical, I can be managing up to a hundred people. Um, and it's, it's making sure that communication is consistent between so that there's no issues. And if issues do come up, I'm also, you know, one of the main problem solvers to help, you know, make sure that the show is produced in the vision of the director, um, with the safety of the actors and, um, you know, the, the designers designs, you know, coming all together. So it's a very complex job, but it's also, I don't know, I love it and it feels easy to me most, most of the time. <laughs>
So, just to, just to surmise, you don't do anything. Yeah, right? zero, things. zero I, things. I walk in and I do nothing. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I got a headache just thinking about, <laughs> like, the idea of giving a lighting cue and then, oh, uh, 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 uh. so mm-hmm. that, uh, how, how did you fall into becoming a stage manager? Like, that, that doesn't it, seem like a job somebody it, chases. It, you know, it's so funny. It doesn't. And uh, I truly believe that this was kind of a, a de- predestined career for me. Um, uh, I, when I was a sixth grader, middle school, I um, saw a, a posting, you know, a flyer, whatever, for the drama club at my middle school. And I went to public school. I didn't go to any kind of fancy, you know, theater arts <laughs> things. Like, my father uh, was a funeral director for 40 years and helped run a family business. My mom was a stay-at-home uh, mom. Um, who did a lot of politics in the town and, and was involved um, in that way. But like, uh, and then my three older brothers are all in the medical science engineering field. So like, there was no real impetus or start off in my family for me to go into theater. But I saw the flyer uh, and I was like, that sounds like it could be fun. And I went to... Um, the audition day but on the flyer it said that you didn't have to audition but if you just wanted to be involved you could go and so I went and there were 30 other kids and they all auditioned and I never went up and the the teacher you know asked and said well are do you want to audition and I was like no she was like really and I was like yeah I just I don't know I I want to be here and I wanted to help out and she was like "Uh, okay I became her favorite student for the next three years because um, I did. I just jumped right in and I helped her however. And I mean, think about it. Middle school theater in a public school, that's not a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, all of the costumes are borrowed from maybe the library or other local (laughs) places in town. Everyone has to have a part. Um, I think we did, we did Anne of Green Gables that year. Um, but I just, I did whatever she needed help with. And I went to all of the rehearsals and I, um, just really liked being part of that process. And, and so, yeah, through seventh and eighth grade, I did the same thing and I just helped her and she would, she called me her stage manager. She called me her assistant director. She got, you know, like just gave me all of the titles for, and I just kind of did all of the things. Um, and it wasn't until I got to high school that I really learned the difference between a stage manager and just a crew person. Um, I went to public high school, uh, too, but we actually had a pretty decent theater program or at least theater club. Um, and you know, we did a spring musical every year that was very popular and our director, um, was very much a perfectionist and stuff, but we had, um, there would be a student who would be the stage manager and they would, uh, you know, be in rehearsals and stuff. And then I started out as crew. Um, I joined basically our, our stage crew club, um, when my freshman year, um, and we didn't do just the theater stuff, but we had a really nice, uh, auditorium in our high school. And so a lot of local dance companies would use our space for recitals at the end of the year. And, all of the concerts that schools would do would use our um, our space. And so my my stage crew club, we ran all of those things. We would come in early and set up the risers or set up the lights or whatever. And so I learned all about 
running sound and, and hanging lights and, and doing all of that kind of backstage stuff. Um, but I really, my favorite was when we got to do the musicals and I got to kind of see how all of that stuff came together. And so my junior year, the teacher who ran the club, um, the theater club asked if I would stage manage. Um, and normally it was a, a spot reserved for seniors, oh, but, wow. um, yeah, and, but I think I was just so gung ho and he'd seen that he asked if I would do it. And so that was mystery of Edwin Drood. Um, it was, I love that show to this day still. It's such a weird musical. Have you ever heard of it? I, I haven't it was, at all. It's, it is. It's very, it sounds it, interesting. It's very obscure. And to be honest, it was, um, it was on Broadway for, uh, a little while, God, maybe a decade ago. Um, but it's based on, uh, who's the guy that wrote, is it Dickens? No. Wild? No, it might be Dickens, but it's based on like the very last book that, um, he wrote before he died and he actually didn't even finish the book. And so it's a, it's a murder mystery story. Oh. And the, and so the musical is as much of the book story as possible until it wasn't finished. And then the audience gets to pick how the show ends. Like there's this whole element of voting and like you have these different characters that are the subjects and you get to basically, um, uh, yeah, the, like, so the show is a little different every night based on how the, and so like you had to rehearse all of the various endings and stuff. It was thinking about it now, like the fact that we did it as a high school group and it was, in my opinion, very well done, um, was impressive, but it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, and that was junior year. Uh, I also, that's how I met my first boyfriend. Uh, hi, Phil. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil. She um, still calls you Phil uh, Cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, it was... It, Meeting him and meeting um, one of my best friends at the time and still very close friend now, um, who is actually hopefully going to be a guest with us soon, um, KT, and like I met some really amazing people uh, doing theater stuff and it just helped continue that passion and that love of of working um, backstage and as a stage manager and so I was the SM for... Uh, Little Shop of Horrors senior year and then and by that time I know by that time I knew it's what I wanted to go to school for what I want to go to college for so I only applied to three colleges um, I got in I got into all of them but um, two were theater specific and one was a Catholic college because my options for myself were either I'd go to Catholic college because I'm a practicing devout Catholic and that was a, important to me but um, uh, Syracuse University won out because they have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in stage management available. They have, in my opinion, one of the better uh, drama programs um, in a college in the country. Um, I loved my four years at Syracuse. Uh, my professors were actually adjunct because their real jobs were running Syracuse stage um, as the production managers and stage managers and, and all of that stuff. And so I, I really loved... Um, being there and, and it was definitely the right choice because I think um, it gave me a lot of the early skills that some other uh, young stage managers don't learn necessarily in college um, and just helped me kind of go forward and I've been fairly successfully working as a professional stage manager since 2010 so what yeah well 
Okay, okay, going going back to the professors you had and the fact yeah. that they were, you know, they were working yeah. in theater. Since you were so close to Broadway in New York City, that because that's something I never asked you before. Sure. How did you branch? Because obviously you lived. Yes, uh, I've lived in Massachusetts lots of places in yep. New York City, right? Yeah, I lived. So I, my first year out of college, I actually worked at um, the Shakespeare Theater Company in Washington D.C. Okay. Um, I did an internship as a company manager. Never want to do that job again. Uh, company managers who are listening, you guys are amazing humans. Um, I, I could, I couldn't do it. Um, uh, but, uh, and then from there I got a gig, um, a, a year long PA position, which stands for production assistant. Um, basically you were the assistant stage managers, but we didn't have to be paid, uh, like professional ones because it was like more of an internship program. So, um, at a theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, Two Rivers Theater Company, and they're great too. I loved working there. Um, and that's where I met a lot of the stage managers who I still love and admire today who kind of helped push my career forward because they were able to connect me to other stage managers they worked with who were looking for assistance or PAs or whatever. And so, and it's funny because I was never someone that was gung-ho about Broadway. I mean, I feel like most people who want to become performant theater performers or work in the theater business like Broadway is the goal mm -hmm. and I which I totally understand I mean performing for that many people a night and and making the money that Broadway actors make you know it it's very appealing for me it was not something I was desperate to do I really love working in regional theater I mean Syracuse stage was like felt perfect like a perfect fit for me because um, you get to work on new things all the time and you're working with new casts and actors and whatever, but, um, a lot of the people who work in house, which means, you know, at the theater itself. Um, so the, the sound engineers and the master electricians and all that kind of stuff, like they're people you work with all the time. And so you kind of create this family. And especially if you're someone who's lucky enough to keep being asked back to a theater, um, uh, you get to know these people and work with these people and and you learn the language of that theater company and so like y you kind of get the best of both worlds where you have your consistent co-workers but you also then get to still do new stuff that's different and mm -hmm. and challenging and interesting so um but yeah so I did um uh I did end up doing uh Broadway for one show I um my my mentor, uh, Miss Julia P. Jones, who will definitely be a podcast guest uh, soon, hopefully. Um, she has been a Broadway stage manager for, I want to say, 25, 30 years. Um, and uh, she hooked me up with her, I don't know if I'd call it an SM mentor, but some an SM that she worked with for a long time, and they were really uh, good um, co-workers. Um, and he was going to be the PSM, which means production stage manager. So on Broadway, a stage management team can be up to like seven people, um, which is, but you know, again, you're working with so many folks. Um, and the production stage manager um, then has, there's a first stage manager and a second ASM, um, uh, and then they have PAs. And so I was a PA for uh, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, which was. Um, an original, I don't know, I grew up actually watching the movie, I want to say the 
60s, 70s version, um, because there was a version that was even older, and then there was uh, the 90s version with um, Brandy and Whitney Houston in it. Um, oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I about that. Um, uh, so, but I grew up with, like, the, the middle one. I watched it over and over again, and they um, they basically, it was, it was kind of a, a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that was... I don't know if it was made for the screen, but it was definitely only 75 minutes long, and that's not long enough for a Broadway musical. And so they hired a playwright, Douglas Carter Bean, to kind of fill out the script a little bit, and they used some other R&H songs in the this version of the musical um, to kind of help make it, you know, fill it out. And so that was my first foray, foray into um, the Broadway world, and it was definitely... An experience. Um, I think it def- it solidified the fact that that's not really where I belong. Um, I, I, I'm just not a commercial business kind of person. And I, I what the, what I love the most about working in theater is um, the the ability to kind of explore and um, discover and like. I'm a stage manager that loves being in rehearsals. I know stage managers that it's their least favorite part and they just want to get to tech and show performances and and calling like that's their, but I love being in rehearsals because I just love the exploration of humanity. And, um, you don't, especially with Broadway musicals, you don't get as much of that. And it's also, it's very much based on how much money are we going to make? And we need to, you know, support all of these things. And, and, you know, make a profit and whatnot. And so, not that that's a bad thing. It's just not my vibe. Um, but I learned a lot. Um, and I'm really grateful I got to do it. And I was actually lucky enough. I apparently was good enough that they, the stage management team asked me to um, become one of their sub-stage managers. Um, and that's how I got my equity card. And Actors' Equity Association is the union that stage managers and actors join um, if they want to work in quote-unquote professional theater where you make hopefully a living wage. It, again, it depends on the size of the theater and whatnot, but um, uh, it is it is if you want to work on places like Broadway or large regional theaters like here in uh, Denver, it's the DCPA, mm-hmm. the Denver Center for Perf- the Performing Arts, um, you have to have, you have to be an equity member. You have to have your union card. Um and so it was a big deal for me, and, and being a sub-stage manager on Broadway basically means um, because the production stage manager is the one who does that whole tech stuff and learns how to call the show and whatever, but very quickly they need to pass that knowledge off to their first um, ASM or their second ASM because they end up being the guy that manages not only the consistency of the show, but then also any um, media uh, appearances and like, in, especially in New York, like the Thanksgiving Day Parade and like they do so many outside management stuff as well as the show management and running rehearsals for understudies that um, for them to be calling the show every night is not the best use of their time. So they pass it on to um, their first and second ASMs and while that's happening, they need a sub-ASM to run the first and second tracks backstage because 
you know, uh, there are stage managers usually on either side of the stage backstage to make sure actors are getting into place on time, that uh, the crew is, is setting up for the next scene properly, all of this stuff. So when you when you bump one person up, you got to have somebody fill in. Um, and so I got to do that for Cinderella for a little while um, before I moved on and, um, you know, pursued work uh, elsewhere. But um, it was, yeah, it was a really great experience and I'm, and I'm grateful that I got to do it. Um, but it was also, I'm not interested in continuing Broadway stuff. So. Yeah. you you seem like more, like you said, you more of the experimental side yeah. where, um, it's not so much, it's not fame and fortune. It's, it's the art because right. that's what you love doing. Right. Right. And I hope whoever's listening to this remembers that, yeah. you know, stick to what you, what you're passionate about and. Um, obviously it's taken you to some, some great places, but like, I want to hear what your, since like moving away from that, your favorite theater you've worked for. Ooh. Not to throw shade at any no. theater she doesn't mention, <laughs> but <laughs> like, That's funny. a place where you felt not only at home, sure. but maybe you, you just connected with the, the aura yeah, of that yeah. theater. Um, so I grew up in, in Connecticut, just outside of Hartford, and I, um, really enjoyed working for Hartford Stage. Um, they're the main regional theater out there. Um, they do some really great work, and, um, I think he's moved on from Hartford Stage at this point, but Darko, Darko Tresniak, who's this, uh, incredible, um, director, he was there artistic director at that theater for a while and I got to work with him on a show there and um, but I just I just really liked the vibe of of Hartford stage and and it's one of the few shining lights in the crap city that is Hartford yes I said it um, it's it's, <laughs> it's not it's not a great place anymore uh, it hasn't been for many many decades but I can um, with that statement. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Hartford stage is awesome so they they're really great um, I really I did really enjoy Two River Theater Company in, in Red Bank, New Jersey. I mean, I haven't worked there for years, but uh, my PA position there was awesome. Um, I moved to Colorado about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's been only been two and a half years now. I thought now. you'd been here longer. No, no, no. Okay. Um, and uh, I worked, last summer I worked at Lake Dillon Theater Company up in the mountains in... Um, Silverthorne, uh, and was that, can you, could you have heard him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was, that was my boy, my doggy Watson. He, uh, he's a good boy and we kicked him out of the room because he makes too much noise, but clearly he had to be involved somehow. So he's got something to say. You hear his barking. (laughs) That's, that's him. Uh, yes. Oh, so like Dylan. Yes. Um, (laughs) he, uh, I loved it there. It was one of the first companies where I really felt supported by the theater itself um, because it, it can be hard. It can be hard to kind of jump into a theater community um, at a regional theater and meet the expectations of what that theater uh, wants. And so I have worked at some places where I just never felt like I fit in properly or I was fully supported and, um, but Lake Dillon absolutely did that. And, and we had a, we did Mamma Mia, which is a monster of a show. And, um, uh, you know, we had 
something go wrong almost weekly there and just the fact that yeah um but like Lake Dillon really just worked hard to uh, make sure that they were supporting me as best I could and I I worked hard to support them as best I could so it was a really nice mutual relationship um and then most recently I was actually working at the Aurora Fox uh performing arts center in Aurora Colorado um which is where I was working when COVID hit. Um, and I really like them too. They're a very small theater company. Um, but, uh, the artistic director there, um, Helen R. Murray is, uh, a really wonderful lady and she's got some really awesome ideas and insights for that company. Um, and the, I'm so bummed because the season that they had planned for this year was going to be really cool. Um, and they, they had basically already asked me to do many of their shows this season. I was really looking forward to working with them again, but, um, well, well, I'll get back there, but they're, yeah, they're really great too. I really like them. Um, yeah. Um, I, I tend to enjoy most places I work. I mean, there are a couple places that I don't need to step foot in again but uh, <laughs> but you had the experience but I had the uh, but I actually and, and that's also been that's been my main theme as a stage manager or personal theme and goal is um I always want to grow and learn on every show I do and so I I try to approach every new production as a chance to learn a new skill or um hone a skill I have to be even better um, and, you know, working in challenging situations is just as good for that as working in really, um, uh, awesome situations. So, um, I don't regret any of the gigs I've ever done, even if some of them made me cry a lot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, um. So, since COVID has hit, yeah. I, I've seen you go from, like, go, 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 to what's next? Yeah. You know, like, like a lot of us are. Yeah. I guess I want to see where you think you'll go in the next year, dependent on COVID restrictions and, sure. and maybe like open theater sure. uh, policies, that kind of thing. So where, well, I guess one, where do you want to go in mm-hmm. a perfect world? Mm-hmm. And two, where do you see yourself? And let's, let's definitely go for a year from now, you know? Okay. I mean, honestly, if I'm being realistic and this is going to make everybody sad who's listening to this, who's in the same boat as me, I don't think I'm going to be working in theater for until next year. Mm -hmm. I really just, um, it's not possible to do what theater has been for, for, you know, my past 10 years of working in it, um, where uh, you need an audience to have a show, you know, it's, it's really hard to do a show without people in the seats, you know, um, and there have been many a time I've been in a, you know, uh, running a show and there's been maybe 30% of the, of the house full. And it's just such a bummer and such a dud for the cast and, and just the whole process. And so like to try to have theater, even with people sitting six feet apart and wearing masks and whatever, it's just not going to fill the the space enough to really support the art, um, in the way that we're used to, you know, and, um, especially for stage managers, there are, there aren't a lot of options even for the virtual stuff because, you know, you don't need a stage manager to call cues or schedule stuff necessarily for a Zoom, you know, meeting or, um, just, you know, play read or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like 
our jobs are are very uh re- like we rely a lot on the actual interaction and the and the you know communication and the connection with people so I really don't know. Um, I don't see myself doing theater stuff specifically in the yeah. next um, year, unfortunately. But, um, and as much as my depression has uh, made me very aware of that, and it's been a tough six months for everyone, um, I'm also, you know, I'm in this place. I mean, starting this podcast with you is definitely going to help support that creative uh, itch that I have and haven't been able to scratch. Um, and I'm also trying really hard to use this as an opportunity to explore the things, the other things that interest me. I love kids. I like working with kids. So, um, you know, I'm doing online tutoring right now and I'm also, um, soon will be, uh, an advocate for, you know, at, uh, at risk youth, um, and getting to do, you know, some one-on-one mentoring with them and stuff like that. And, and I know that that's going to be really fulfilling and I think it's also going to help give me experiences that I can then take back into the rehearsal room and share with, you know, the actors and directors that I, I work with and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. It, it's, I really don't know what's going to happen and, and it's going to be a weird year. Um, but I also believe that there's enough of us that feel the same way. And mm-hmm. so we're going to, we're going to make a comeback. It's, it's oh, going to happen, yeah. you know, um, we really are very vital to the economy and just, uh, you know, people need art in their lives and yeah. stuff, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I, you know, it's hard to say a year in advance. I mean, I could also say, I guess maybe what my dream job would be. Um, I kind of have two, if I were to just be a stage manager for the rest of my life, my, my dream job would actually to become staff at a company like the DCPA or mm-hmm. whatever, where, um, you, you get to, you are basically on the theater staff for, you know, every season that you, that's where you work. Um, and you basically do every other show. And so you still get to stage manage. Um, this was, uh, one of my teachers at Syracuse. This was, is his job at Syracuse stage. Like he is their, um, yeah, staff stage manager essentially. And, uh, I really like that idea again, because I like a, the job stability would be great because there have definitely been times when I've gone months between working on a show and, and, you know, and that's not great, but, um, it also, it provides again, that, that family workplace, while still getting to do new things all the time. Um, but I also really want to be a director. Um, I could see that. Yeah, I'm for sure. I really enjoy, again, I really enjoy people and how people's minds work. And, and, um, I have lots of thoughts and ideas when I see plays and when I'm in the rehearsal room and, um, you know, my job as a stage manager not that I can't have artistic input, but my job really is to support the director and their artistic vision. And so, um, you know, I, I have learned that I need to limit, you know, my opinions and, and whatnot, um, artistically simply because it's not my, it's not my piece. Like I am very much a part of the show and I'm very important and I recognize that, but, um, it's not my piece of art specifically. And so, um, I think being a director will give me the chance to kind of, yeah, explore some thoughts I have about 
humanity and people and, and stuff. And so I, I would like to be able to do that eventually, even if it's not a full-time thing, but I don't know. I think it would be fun to, to get to do that a few times. Um, yeah, I could, and <laughs> just a, a quick catch up for everyone who's listening. Her being a director makes complete sense because she's very commanding (laughs) (laughs) within a short amount of time, but her work ethic is through the roof. I mean, she had all of our, uh, I mean, I think I set up Stitcher, Mm -hmm. but she did every other like podcast medium possible. Signed us up for that, made a Facebook page, made an Instagram page within like 45 minutes of us (laughs) finishing the logo. And I think all I did was have a snack and maybe go to the bathroom. I could I could easily see that director thing happening. Yeah. And I hope you find something, uh, especially in like post COVID times, you could utilize that. Yeah. With, um, and really fundamentally make that work. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I have talked with my actor friends and stuff about even just doing something where it's just us together and not yeah. not even for a, a, an audience per se. But um, you know, it's it, that's also hard to get super excited about when it's just your friends together but i don't know maybe maybe in the dead of cold colorado winter and we're all sad and bored i'll we'll throw something together but well i mean we we talked about your uh your mentors your professors Mm -hmm. your peers is there another artistic influence on what you've done as a stage manager whether it's watching something that Mm. you completely took in as a as you know a child outside of joining the middle school theater but is there something that you look back that just just drives you you go okay this is the sweet spot where i remember that's what i want to do um Mm -hmm. or that's what i want to be a part of because you told me you know yeah um i mean this is gonna sound kind of silly and weird but it it, a big part of it is my faith you know um Mm. as a catholic um i i really love um, I really love my faith and I love the, the true Catholic teachings. Those that I know many people have very varied opinions and whatnot, but, um, the, the Catholic faith I believe in is very loving, very open, very welcoming, and it really is very committed to supporting people. And, um, and I, I have found a real balance with that and in the theater community. And that sounds kind of bizarre and weird, but, um, both have helped me understand the other even better you know when I I work in a rehearsal place a rehearsal space or I you know um and I work with someone who's transgender gay Mm -hmm. um you know has a different religion whatever I get to learn more about them as a person and as a human and I've I've learned so much compassion and, and better understanding of lifestyles that are so opposite my own um, and that's really helped me be a better Catholic. And, and I think, um, because I'm so devoted to my faith, I try to bring that into how I approach people, um, in the workplace too. And, and, you know, respect is my number one thing. I don't care if you're Sarah Bareilles, who I did work with on Waitress, um, or <laughs> name drop, um, or, you know, if you're a PA, like, uh, it, I am going to respect you for the job that you're putting into the, mm-hmm. the work. And, um, I, that's one of the things I've definitely learned and you kind of said it in your episode, um, just talking about with, you know, Jeremy Renner and whatever, like it, doesn't matter how famous you are, how, you know, big of a star you are. Everyone's a real person. And, um, I very, I really don't get starstruck anymore because 
I've worked with enough people to recognize that um, some of the most famous people are some of the kindest people and some of the least famous, quote unquote, most minuscule people can be the biggest assholes, you know, and can be, their egos are 10 times the size of who they actually are, you know, and, um, and so my, if I go into every job, just ready to treat each person like a person and with the respect they deserve, you know, that's how they treat me Mm -hmm. is not a reflection of me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think like it's weirdly worked out in, you know, two things that seem like they're oil and water have actually been kind of perfect for, for my life. So, yeah. And as a a well-adjusted person who, you know, loves her faith (laughs) and is always very uh, altruistic and and kind to others, I, (laughs) I want you to give me either the best story (laughs) that you've experienced as a stage manager keeping in mind that you are supposed to be a sweet person Uh uh-huh so we will nix any true names you want you i know what story you want me to tell um but i mean tough to tell because you can tell it without the name i can tell it without the name but you can pick any story uh, I'll do the the story he wants me to tell is m- probably the worst story and I can just kind of actually wrap it up pretty quick but basically I worked on a show um, that uh, had an Oscar winning actress in it and she was the most insane person I've ever worked with men- in my entire life uh, we the theater ended up firing her four days before tech because it was so difficult to work with her and the director and the playwright and everybody like we just didn't know how to handle it and it was it was insane and so it was like it was one of those terrible horror stories that you hear sometimes that tabloids would go crazy with of just like you know this super famous person um was a monster um it I, yeah, I don't want to go into more detail or, you know, obviously name names because I also think that maybe it was not the best time in that person's life. So it certainly, you know, would have affected how they treated um, us. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was, it. I think about it and I just shake my head because um, <laughs> I just can't believe it happened. Um, I know who it yeah. is. <laughs> um, see, best story. I don't know. It's so hard because I have so many um what about the best story before covid sure like most recent best oh story. most recent best story yeah, we go um if there mm, is one i mean no it, it's hard <laughs> it, i don't uh, i don't know it's Deep hard to like i know right <laughs> well it's just it, it I, it's weird because i feel like best stories for me mm-hmm. are you know when things I just have a lot of fun working on mm-hmm. the show, you know. Um, I have really great experiences, and it's not necessarily that I worked with so-and-so or I had this, you know, amazing moment. Um, I think... I think, honestly, probably the best story-slash-feeling that I've had is um so i was working at again the aurora fox and i was um we were just about to open we we got shut down on our opening night so before you know it was like 
two hours before I was going to go in um, for the performance, um, we got an email saying the theater had to get shut down because of lockdown and whatever. And then we never got to, you know, go back. Um, but, and so I not only was just about to open that, but the next week I was going to start rehearsals for their musical um, at, at Aurora. Um, and so I had been, I was booked to do those two shows with them and, literally two days i think before we got shut down um the the artistic director uh had asked me do you want to basically split the season with our other uh with our production manager slash stage staff stage manager here for next year because we love working with you um we think you're great and we really just we'd love to have you on board for all of next season and that was probably one of the best feelings i've had recently because i've also worked on shows where i've almost quit because the way that my job and work ethic were perceived, um, were seen as either threatening or incompetent, uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, I was told that I basically wasn't good enough. Um, and you know, I really, yeah. Um, I want names. <laughs> um, so to hear, to hear, Jeez. you know, uh, an artistic director tell me that, um, that I, you know, imperfect for their company essentially was really awesome and that yeah. made me feel really great um but yeah i mean i don't know i yeah i i've worked you know at a theater that has had lots of you know cool people come through like sarah Bareilles, and it was really awesome working with her on waitress and you know uh seeing this very popular musician create art um in a way that she loved you know and working with broadway famous actors like you know jesse mueller and and stuff like that and um uh the company or that theater even had um oh my gosh what's his face from breaking bad brian cranston, brian cranston thank you wow <laughs> and i didn't even work directly with him but i was a house manager on the show he was doing and like seeing him greeting all of his fans so cordially and so kindly and everything was really cool. You know, I've had experiences like that, um, working with, uh, when I was a company manager working with, um, Marsha Mason, who was really popular. Um, I want to say seventies, eighties and stuff. Um, and just like driving her around and, and like talking to her, like those things are all really fun, but ultimately, you know, like I said, working at Lake Dillon last summer on Mamma Mia was, crazy but I also got to work with a really good buddy of mine from college and you know being on the same stage management team with him um hey Brendan um <laughs> was super fun and it was just it was a great time and um yeah working with with my I've worked with so many friends and um and who have gotten me jobs or whatever and like getting to to work with those people um is like the most fulfilling and the best stories I have you know yeah I and I I mean I have other stories that are probably the worst for some people and the but are the, my favorite to tell but they involve me murdering lots of mice in the crappy apartment I was in and um, a man pooping outside of my door so I don't know if those are appropriate I stories mean, to tell we can for your for your connections we're going to have on this show those stories are going to come uh, yeah that's so true there's always something yep. but we definitely have to save those for sure <laughs> oh I'm still having Okay, I can't yeah. talk about it because I'm going to start know. thinking about it. I know, um, um, So, God, it, I feel like theater is just such a, it's such a dense industry that it, 
I think more people are acknowledging now mm-hmm. because of like Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda and and Hamilton and all these really great productions that are finally getting noticed. Yeah. But it, it's crazy just like listening to you and and how much history you have with yeah. it. I've only really known what you've done locally. Sure. So it's nice talking about it. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure we're gonna dive into more of it as the episodes go on. Uh, yeah, I, I just it, I'm enamored and completely <laughs> flabbergasted by you know, what yeah. you do because like I guess I didn't really know what a stage yeah. manager did. Uh, I knew they did lots of things, but that's a lot of things. Yes. So uh, yeah, I. Uh, I can't even think right now because yeah. it's just so much. Thinking about doing it is very yeah. <laughs> intense. Well, and it's funny. I mean, it's one of those things that even from college, like I've always, you have to be a very specific type of person, in my opinion, to be a good stage manager because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are who are good stage managers because they're really good at the organization and the technical side of things, but they're not the best at the social interactions and the fact that you have to manage not only schedules but people's personalities you know and then I've I've worked with people who are vice versa who are really great at being friendly with everyone and make you know but not the best at the organizational skills or the the commanding skills and so there really is this fine line that you have to walk and um I have it's taken me 10 years to be able to say this and believe it but I I think that I actually am kind of fit both of those things and um, you know, I, I'm not one to, you know, pat myself on the back very often. I'm very much the opposite, but, um, stage management is probably the one mm-hmm. thing in my life that I am a hundred percent confident about and feel good about and can say, I am good at this thing. Um, people tell me I'm good at a lot of other things, but this is the only thing I believe I'm good mm-hmm. at. So, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like crazy to me, but it fits yeah. for me. Other people, I get it. It's insane. So you heard it here, <laughs> theater houses and stage <laughs> recruitment people. That was her interview, and she just got the job. <laughs> you got to call her. Oh, God, brother! This is so awesome. Is there? Because uh, we're we're running sure, kind of short sure. on time, but yeah. is there anything you want to uh, add or plug before we conclude? Um, nothing to promote, sadly, except for you know this show. Uh, tell your friends about us. Um, but, uh, I will say, I think, I guess maybe advice that I always like to share and Mm, and especially to, um, young folks who are either looking to go to college for a performance career or, um, you know, or are new to the arts field and, you know, especially in this time now of COVID where everything's super uncertain. I think my big piece of advice has always been, you know, absolutely follow your dreams. Like, uh, please if you want to be an actor, go to school for it, take those classes. But I also say, please find other parts of the business that also fascinate you and are also as fulfilling or can be fulfilling to you because it's tough. And it, you know, I've been lucky to be able to work consistently as a stage manager, but believe me, I basically make 20 grand a year. Like that's what I live on, and I ha- I work as a as a substitute teacher, and I do lots of other things because, for me, it's worth it. Um, but you know, there are so many talented actors and performers and everything out there that just don't get their shot or don't get it as much, and it can be really disappointing and discouraging, and and you end up working as a waitress for far longer than you should. Um, and so, but I think like you can find fulfillment 
and be able to scratch that, that creative itch by, by working in the admin offices of a theater company, by learning about dramaturgy, uh, by trying your hand at uh, design or at, you know, like theater involves so many people and hopefully we'll get to talk to all of them on this podcast that it's, you don't have to do just one thing, you know, um, I, I love the design classes I took in college and I even considered it briefly, you know, like it, you can do so much more than just your one dream. You can have multiple dreams and you can pursue multiple options. Um, and I think that you can find happiness in that, that many different routes, I guess. Absolutely. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's way better than what I said last time. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this is awesome. This is I fun. Like I, I love talking about me. <laughs> This is the edited version. Yeah. The uncut version is four hours long. Stop it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, wow. Well, that was a look inside Stephanie's career as yeah. a stage manager. And my heart goes out to you because that is a tough job and very underpaid Yeah. for what you do. Yeah. But it seems like you love it. I and do. that's your calling. I do. Yeah. I, I think something's coming... Uh, you know, for, for all of us in the arts industry, there's going to be a huge boom, but I feel like specifically for you, something, there's just something so kismet about us doing this podcast and hearing you talk about your history as a stage manager that I feel like something is going to happen. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. It may not be big, (laughs) but it could be, you know, going to a theater that is going to prosper and lead you to a whole bunch of other things. So, uh, when that happens, you're not leaving this podcast. So you've got to, you got to make some time for us. All right. Yeah, that was just... Thanks. That was awesome. Thanks. Um, I guess, so, next week we don't have... There will be someone next week. We just haven't uh, officially picked who yet. It's we, a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Um, uh, so, keep following us on social media. We have Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. the PWRP podcast, uh, for both of those. And... Um, we will be, yeah, we'll po- be posting about our upcoming guests as we kind of put our schedules together. Um, please uh, like and subscribe to us on whatever you listen to your podcasts on. Um, share us with your friends. We really yes, do please. just want to reach people. We, yeah. we don't, we're not looking to get like super huge and whatever, but we just, we do. We want people to hear stories and, and um, you know, uh, learn about the theater and film communities so mm-hmm. this is a this is a sole just collaborative project yeah and uh, honestly i said this in the last episode and i'll say it for every episode if you want to sit down and chat mm-hmm. with us about your career mm-hmm. in the arts absolutely uh please send us a, a message on instagram on facebook or even on uh our email uh pwrp at gmail.com and we will uh, get back to you right away. Yeah. We'll figure out when we can schedule it. And Absolutely. we'll sit you down for a little chit-chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to figure out who our next guest is going to be. Uh, who our first inaugural guest yeah. is going to be outside of the podcast. And yeah, we're just going to post on social media. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully uh, you guys will tune in next week. And that is Pretend Worlds. Real people. Real people. Bye. Bye.